Listeners, we have a very special podcast tonight. We're on the Polish border with Ukraine. We're here, my wife and I, to see what we can do to support Ukraine and uh, help the Ukrainian relief efforts. We were given the amazing uh, connection to Marcin Piotrowski. Petrovsky and the Pol Polkowisko. Polkowisko Foundation. And so here in Poland, Marcin is spearheading efforts and bringing tremendous relief to the Ukrainians in a wide variety of areas. We're going to ask him how it all came about, how it all happened. Uh, we have been beyond impressed with his efforts and his his organization. It's been a spectacular couple of days that we've gotten to know him. And we really hope that you will listen in and hear what he has to say about the current situation and how it all came about and what his efforts are to bring relief in so many ways and so many areas to uh, Ukrainians. He's extremely articulate, so we're going to let him do most of the talking tonight. I don't have that much to say, just a few questions. And um, we're going to start off by saying, basically, I understand your focus. We used to be as a music festival producer, and uh, this this or this organization and the, the location that we're at now was something that you set up to produce music festivals, and uh, they were very successful, attracting a lot of people even during COVID. Um, how did that switch around immediately? Uh, to Ukraine relief efforts when the war started. As you can see, Jonathan, we are in the middle of nowhere. That's a small village. Just, it's 15 kilometers from Ukrainian border. There is only 41 people in the village. Uh, so really what you can do here? Now, we decided to do the music festival here and focus on the culture, on building the cultural bridges between the Poland, Ukraine, Belarus, because that's the... Uh, uh, borderlands of uh, Poland, Belarus, and uh, Ukraine. Uh, so uh, we decided to do the folk style uh, or traditional music style uh, concerts, festivals, uh, uh, but I'm involved as well in the rock festivals for 10,000 uh, people. And that was my uh, daily life and routine in the last 10 years. But everything has changed uh, on the 24th of uh, uh, February 2022, when the full-scale war in Ukraine started, uh, when the war knocked to our doors, because we are so close from the border, there was no other option than to help uh, people which are on the border. And when we came there, uh, it was thousands, hundreds of uh, Ukrainian refugees, mainly women, kids, uh, people with disabilities, so we have used our knowledge, uh, our skills. Uh, so we did on the border a festival. How, how many days after the actual Russian invasion and the attack on Kiev, did you were you able to organize some relief? How many days? Was it days, weeks, hours? What, how long was it? Uh, I'm pretty proud of it because uh, we was on the other side of the border, uh, less in 48 hours from the Amazing. first uh, attack. Uh, and uh, our uh, headquarters and our uh, hub was set up in less than 24 hours. And uh, the places as a shelter was, was ready nearly immediately. There was kind of feeling something might happen. So... 
we knew that we have to be ready and react, but we didn't know what we can expect because it's a first war in our lives. Right. Okay. So in these days and weeks right after the invasion and you set up these relief efforts at the border, um, what, what, what did that consist of? Food, shelter, clothing, blankets, water? What was medicine? What was the, the immediate focus? The immediate focus and the most important it was to give hope. Hope. Uh, that everything going to be okay, that you're safe, that you're crossing the border, that you're going to suffer for another few hours, but then your family, your kids are uh, going to be in the safe place and uh, uh, you shouldn't be worried. I know that uh, so many things happened, but don't worry, just relax. But uh, fear was the biggest threat for those people. They were in panic. Imagine that is a night. He uh, was with us on the border point. Can't imagine. Uh, could you describe the border point? Uh, the one that I saw? Yeah. Um, on the Ukrainian side, because it's important that Folkovisko worked on the Ukrainian side of the border. We was the first team which crossed the border from European Union, from Poland, and set up the humanitarian camp on the Ukrainian side. But what was there? Tents, some uh, containers um, that were that were uh, set up by you, um, and I understand you immediately set up all sorts of uh, warming stations and places where people could rest and also receive medical care. Some of these were elderly people; they were injured, they were not well, um, and so and they were cold. I, I saw pictures that you showed me of, of freezing people. It was it was February. It was must have been absolutely bitter cold. Um, yeah, but the most important, okay. uh, for my perspective, now there are you. You can see the tents. Yeah. you can see the containers, medical containers. Uh, team working there. But when we came yeah. there, it was bare field. There was mm -hmm. nothing there. Okay, uh, this place has no infrastructure. Only on the left hand side, only thing which is there is a cemetery. That's yeah. how you spell it. Cemetery. Cemetery. <laughs> cemetery yeah. yes and uh, but uh, yes. that's the only thing which is there and yeah. you accept that 20 30 thousand people waiting in the queue minus 15 so why i said we have uh, organized the festival there because we've brought their all knowledge and uh, equipment which we are using during the festival brilliant and, uh, those gates which you're using to uh, lead the people, uh, tents, uh, medical uh, points. Uh, uh, local authorities wasn't able to deal with 20, 30,000 people, uh, but we as festival makers, yes. That really leads you to my next question, which was, how would you describe or rate the Polish government's response to this? Were you pleased were they did they let everybody in did they throw open the border did they make your life easy did they make bringing supplies easy on a you know were, were they there on a hundred percent or was there a bureaucratic problem the uh, response was incredible but mainly response of normal people uh, before the government was ready uh, first people uh, which helped there were uh, Local people from uh, women's associations, which cook, uh, mm -hmm. uh, local firefighters, uh, uh, and then the government stepped. Uh, but uh, uh, there was such an incredible spirit. I, I saw something like this first time in my life where everything was possible and they were so help helpful. 
we was worried that the people can cross the border through the green uh, border. So as you see around us, there is a big forest, uh, yeah. nearly like a jungle. Uh, that's one of the less populated areas in Poland. So if they will go through the forest and it's minus 15 snow, uh, now, it's like between the Polish and Belarusian border. Yes. Uh, when some people are used uh, by the Russians, Belarusians, um, migrants uh, to, to go through the border, to that's complicated. We can do, uh, talk about it in a different time, but uh, we have examples from Polish-Belarusian border when people are crossing the green border. It's very difficult to help them. Absolutely. Uh, in Ukrainian crisis, uh, they use the border uh, gates and border points uh, to Poland. There is eight border points between Poland Poland and Ukraine. Every 30, 40 kilometers is one border point. And uh, Folkowisko from the beginning was responsible for four border points uh, to work on the Ukrainian side. Because on the Polish side, Polish government, Polish authorities were able to set up a humanitarian camp Wonderful. and help there. But the Ukrainians were in shock. <laughs> for the first month, uh, uh, all structures just disappeared. Uh, there was a panic. There was a, that's a war time. No one is ready for it. Okay. How many volunteers did you have in like this, by the second week from the Foco Wisco uh, Foundation? It's a foundation, right? Yeah. The, it's pretty complicated because Foco Wisco started as an association, right. a cultural association with uh, around. Uh, um, 32 members which are assigned to uh, association then we have the festival and we each year we have a, a crew of uh, around 70 volunteers but uh, when the war started uh, uh, we have decided we decided to open a new uh, new part of Folkowisko for Folkowisko Humanitarian Foundation to focus directly on this project which is helped to the Ukraine because there were so many new people coming to us, which didn't work with us before. Uh, the basics, and the, there was a team uh, organized for the festival because they was very efficient. They, they knew what they do, but they trained hundreds of people which join us during the crisis. And uh, uh, first day, there was uh, 20 of us. So on the second day, uh, there was around uh, 100. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, in, during the first two weeks, uh, we was able to have uh, 200 people in the shift, and there was uh, uh, three shifts a day. Uh, so around 600 people worked daily, 24 by 7, uh, on the first month of the war, because the warehouse was set up uh, in small town Cieszanów, where we have only 1,200 people, people from all around Poland, around the world, joined us, and uh, through first uh, two months or three months, there was over 2,000 volunteers went, which went through our organization. That that is extraordinary, and the organizational efforts to put those people to use, to house them, to feed them, to give them assignments and and valuable tasks is really a organizational brilliance. I mean, you're talking about how many people? Twelve hundred people, two thousand people actually came through to help. Yeah, uh, uh, directly working yeah. in the warehouse. Uh, some people they serve for. Uh, uh, four or five days, others okay. stay with us for two weeks. Uh, there were some which uh, worked with us for a year. Okay. And because uh, everyone thought in the beginning that it's gonna be a sprint. We're gonna help for a few minutes, maybe a few days or a few hours, and their big organizations will arrive like a 
cavalry, which is coming. Uh, cavalry, then. Uh, yeah, to, to help us. And so, yeah. You're, you're amazing. You're reading my mind because my next question is exactly that. My next question was, tell us about your role and when did like World Vision or International Rescue Committee, Doctors Without Borders, um, when did they arrive and what's the difference between the role you played and now the role that they're playing? I assume that they're here in force now, uh, the United Nations and, and, and Doctors Without Borders. Do you compliment them, uh, Marcin? Um, do you do something that they just don't do? Tell us just how you fit in versus those charities that, that are more well-known. I can't say a bad word about them, but that's a big uh, companies and they need more time to react than we. As a small local association, we know exactly where to go, where to take uh, resources, and we have everything in here. We're like a quick response unit, like a firefighters. Uh, and uh, big organizations, they need the time. They was in shock that they have the crisis in the middle of Europe. Uh, and so they get used to, to work in the countries uh, in Africa. Sri Lanka, Africa. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, before they was ready for action, uh, it took them a days, weeks, or the months. And war is unique. One day is uh, like a week. Week is like a month. Month is like a year. Situation can change so quickly and dramatically. Maybe I can give one of the examples. There was Please. a great organization uh, from Poland. Uh, uh, they was responsible for the medical missions. They arrived to us on the third week or of the war. They crossed the border with us because the official organizations wasn't able to do it because of the law, because of the insurance. You can't work on the war zone. We took it as a volunteers, uh, this risk of uh, crossing the border. And because uh, no one know, knew what's going to happen. In the beginning of the war, there was really a uh, uh, difficult situation in Ukraine. And no one knows if, if they're going to win or not, if they survive or not. So right. they went with us to Ukraine. They saw the queues. They count how many people we are helping uh, daily. That was a... Uh, our medics helps to around 120 people a shift. So in eight hours, so giving a different medical help, mainly first aid. Uh, so they count how many uh, doctors they need, how many nurses, uh, how many medications. They wrote the report to the headquarters. They had to read it, recalculate it. They implemented the plan. They bought the equipment. So they did some uh, searches mm -hmm. for the prices, who's going to offer better price. Mm -hmm. It took them another three four weeks before they was ready they came to us and they was shocked oh there is not so many people on the border marching how are we gonna do our numbers we said that we're gonna uh, serve 120 people daily and now we have 12 only i said i would love to have no one on the border and so uh, uh but uh, you know projects needs the numbers then you have to show to your donors yeah. others that uh, you're needed and sometimes the uh, our job is like a, a rescue mission it's like uh, those guys which are in an ambulances in first aid room there's something's waiting they don't know if the accident will happen or not so uh, it's the same uh, with us so so i started with february 24th the first day of 2022, first day of the war. Take me through the timeline. When was the absolute worst 
part of the crisis. You're you're actually saying that by the time some of these large organizations got quote organized and 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 in place for a variety of reasons because they're large organizations, that the peak of the crisis was sort of over. There were less actually refugees. They had already been somewhat absorbed into Polish, German, uh, French, Italian society and, and, and given given shelter in, in various other European countries. What was the worst week of the, of the crisis? And then tell me, how did it slowly get better? Uh, I don't know if war can get better, uh, but uh, for sure that uh, we learned much during this year how to help, what is needed. And as well, Ukrainians, they get used to, to the war. Maybe that sounds bad, but really, uh, you can't live all the time in the shelters. Uh, uh, but we can talk about it later. Let's focus on your question. Uh, what was the worst? The beginning, because that was the no man's land. We didn't know what going to happen. So when we crossed the border and when we went to the Ukraine, so, so many people uh, the worst was first Sunday when we lost six lives uh, in our border points uh, in Budomysh. Uh, that, that night, Sunday night, was so bad that we was ready with the tents. There was a medical team, and uh, I got the message from the team uh, on the other side because I was on that time in headquarters. There was the CB radio uh, contact with them. Martin, their panic uh, mm. erupts and. Uh, uh, we have the heart attacks, we have the people screaming, begging us to take us to the Poland because our doctors, they use this technique like in the battlefields, uh, marking people, you can uh, stay and walk yourself. Triage, you triage. Can, yeah, yeah. And so you have to be immediately taken out of there. And so our cars were bringing the people back to Poland because from our place is still around... Uh, two and a half kilometer to Poland, to Polish border points. That's like a checkpoint where the people were uh, waiting for the chance to get into Poland. Uh, and it was like an, another five or six hours of waiting. Uh, people were waiting there for days uh, to get into Poland. And uh, uh, the panic uh, starts. Uh, so on that night, we've got four kids with hypothermia, two people with heart attacks. Uh, and uh, we have to, uh, there was a day uh, that was 11 p.m., uh, quarter past 11, when I decided to evacuate all the team because it was too dangerous for them to, to be there. And uh, after it, we uh, lesson was learned. We said we won't lose anyone else on the border. We have to control it better, build a better uh, uh, tents or build them different because we decide to not, uh, we've got a queue of 30,000 people and we've built the, uh, our camp next to them with the food, with the shelters, heating stations, but not many people use them. They was worried that they're gonna lose the queue. Oh. And uh, instead of coming to us for a zoo, blanket or wherever, they were standing in the queue thinking, I, I can't move anywhere because otherwise I'm gonna lose my turn. I'm waiting here for so many hours. I see the border. I won't go anywhere else because I'm nearly there. But there was still 10, 15 hours of waiting for them. And especially night was bad. So we decide to, instead of, uh, if they don't want to come to us, we're going to come to them. And uh, I decided to bring the tents over the queue. 
and we have built a long line of 300 meters of tents. Those tents are big because they're five by 10 meters long. And so you can build a corridor and so it gave them some kind of shelter. Now this help is not needed, in the but the beginning was, was bad. Okay, again, you're leading me brilliantly to the next question. Really amazing. Okay, that was, that was then, now let's talk about now. Okay, I've observed trucks going out um, daily with food, with clothing, with uh, beverages. Um, you also showed me a, a medical clinic that you have built and you're expanding. Um, you have an educational foundation, an educational effort, I mean, that is, is, is taking place um, to teach uh, Ukrainian children uh, computer use and other language skills. Um, so you've got a lot of educational, medical, uh, and just general relief efforts. Um, I mean, I was so blown away by just realizing that we had delivered some uh, beverages to someone who picked them up in the car and they were taking those beverages to the front lines at Bakhmut to give some aid and relief and a little bit of help to the soldiers on the front line. So you're in the at the front line, you're in the middle of the country helping and you're at the border still helping if somebody's crossing. What is now, what's needed now? What, what's the current role that, that uh, folks week so is, is, is in need of? So during this year, we have built a network, network of connections. And so we're always checking what are the needs of uh, other side. There was a, some moment when the generators were needed. So we have focus on the generators. Uh, uh, other time, uh, food was crucial uh, because the supply chain broke. Um, we run a hub, which is like a warehouse, uh, uh, and you, you said you saw the trucks leaving. That's nothing comparing to that what was on the beginning. We was able in the beginning to uh, help uh, and send daily our seven trucks, uh, full trucks, uh, over 100 tons of supply, uh, some vans. Now we are receiving mainly a garbage, uh, and because we are working as the humanitarian aid organization, we're just working with the normal people. They are giving from their hearts. The big spirit was on the beginning. Everyone gave what he can. Now only few survived. Uh, everyone has a daily life. Uh, everyone has to survive. The prices are growing up day by day, the inflation, uh, the different things which are happening around the world. Ukraine is not on the first pages of the uh, newspapers anymore. And uh, it's not sexy uh, in, in this way that uh, you, you have to get constant news about something something happened. And in here is a daily routine, daily life of those which left their homes uh, uh, which have uh, no place to come back and they're trying to build, build their lives. And they came to us to Poland, maybe with one bag. Uh, and it's even worse situation of inner refugees in Ukraine. Uh, and you saw it. Yeah. Marcin, historically, Ukrainians uh, and Poles haven't always gotten along. You know, this is a, a bloody battle that you that had for Polish independence, Ukrainian occupation, Ukrainian wars against Russians. I mean, it's it's been, you know, the, what they call the bloodlands for a really, really long time. Just explain to me, um, what's the Ukrainian reaction to a Polish foundation like yourself, so eager to help, so breaking down the borders, just driving across every single day, 
to bring aid and relief to the Ukrainians? Are they surprised? Are they shocked? Are they, are they like, what's their reaction to this? Yeah, for sure they shocked. And uh, uh, as you said, all, this place was uh, always a uh, blood uh, uh, line. Yeah, bloodlands. Bloodlands. Uh, like between uh, Mexico and US, uh, between the Palestina and Israel, uh, uh, there is always tension. The tension is the big biggest in the border where the people meet when they fight sometimes for the lands. Uh, uh, when there is a, a suffering, and it, it happens between Polish and Ukrainians for the centuries. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the uh, communist times, we wasn't able ever to contact. There was a, like a wall between our countries. Don't think that there was only curtain, uh, uh, iron curtain between the Germany. There was as well that kind of curtains between our countries. Uh, Soviets, they didn't like us to travel and see other uh, countries. And uh, so we didn't know much about the Ukraine. Interesting. Uh, uh, and uh, we have learned in this year much more than you know, through entire history of both independent countries. And this uh, last 30 years when we are independent, and we have learned about ourselves much more uh, in those 12 months. Well, certainly, um, if, the, if the Ukrainian reaction is um, one of positive and, and glad that you're helping out, they also must be shocked and thrilled at the Polish government's reaction regarding support for the Ukraine war effort. I mean, while you're doing the relief effort and for the civilians and helping everybody to, to, to be warm and fed and, and, and housed and educated, the Polish government is, uh, you know, certainly the most aggressive Western government regarding armaments and support for the Ukraine that I can think of for Ukraine, right? Yeah, now, this government which we have now, that's the last government uh, which I will ever vote for. But I have to say, <laughs> they did a great job uh, during the crisis my, in, uh, my in sent Ukraine. My sentiments, I feel the exact same way. Okay. Uh, I think no one else will it'll did so much because they're anti-Russian so much, but and they help uh, Ukraine. And uh, it's incredible. To, and so I won't say a bad word about the okay. things, how they cooperate. Uh, there was no problem for me to call the minister and uh, solved some problem on the border because some border guards uh, wasn't uh, able to help us. Or uh, And I was able to call the minister uh, in Warsaw uh, and he called the uh, chief of the border guard saying, hey, what you're doing? Why are you not helping Folkowisko to go, go through? And uh, you saw it on the, on the border uh, that they're fully cooperating now with us. Uh, any border which you're crossing between uh, U.S. and Israel, if you're flying, for example, if you're going to Canada or Mexico, there is always some tension. Absolutely. There is a fear. Uh, there is a, those people which are on the border, they're thinking, I feel like I'm a smuggler. Yeah, uh, I know. Oh, you, you're suspicious. Uh, and it's always in, in every border. That's my feeling. And uh, I, I agree that. I, I agree that that is true for most borders. I truly agree. But I wrote a Substack piece about this yesterday or the day before. 
there's something about the Ukrainian-Polish border that feels so cold-worldly. You know, it just feels, they're humorless border guards. They're lovely people. They do smile, whatever. But opening up a hood to look under the hood of a car, it just feels like, a, you know, I'm sorry, it feels a little like Berlin in, you know, 1965. It's That's just like, nothing comparison to that, what was there a year I, ago. I believe you. But for an American crossing, even into Mexico, I've crossed into Mexico. I've crossed into Jordan. I've crossed into Canada many times. Just trust me. It's it just the feel of it. It feels like John le Carré a little bit. Okay. I'm I'm sure you're right. It's nothing. It's no I big deal. I fully agree with you, okay. but there is a big progress. <laughs> <laughs> we crossed no problem. It was, it, it was a little strange. Okay. Um, countries. What country has surprised you the most with donations, has been overly generous? When I saw some of the boxes that said, with love from Scotland to Ukraine, we love Ukraine, Scotland, some company from Scotland printed up uh, stickers to put on the boxes to, to show the Ukrainians that Scotland love them. I was like, almost cried. I was so moved to see that, Marcin. What countries have been very, very generous? And, and also, um, we have friends who put us together at the Kosciuszko Foundation, Kokusko Foundation. Kosciuszko, in Polish, Kos it's going to be Kosciuszko. Kosciuszko Foundation. Tell us about the people that have been generous to you, the countries, the foundations. I'd like to just have those people mentioned. Yeah, uh, on the beginning uh, of the war, we've got a great support from the people and the Polish-Ukrainian communities which are living in the States and in Canada. Uh, so my first person which uh, helped us was uh, Marek Skulimowski, uh, uh, CEO of the uh, Kościuszko Foundation from the States. That's one of the oldest Polish foundations. Uh, it's uh, nearly 100 years old since uh, um, uh, so yeah, he is luckily from this region and uh, he was here in the beginning of the war uh, doing some educational projects. Uh, uh, I took him to the other side of the border on the second week. And when he saw everything, uh, just still drops start to go from all of our eyes and said, okay, you're gonna work here. Don't bother about any fundraising, anything uh, like this. We're gonna tell your story in the uh, States and so we're gonna help you in this way. Use all your forces in uh, uh, help and uh, we're gonna ensure that you're gonna be able to, to work because uh, that's the first war in our lives. We never did a fundraising. And as you saw, how expensive is the help? Oh yeah, uh, like a, one truck of food uh, which we are sending, it's around uh, twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars, and uh, we have sent up to now four thousand tons of uh, supply to Ukraine. So in each truck you have around uh, twenty-four tons, so you can calculate your yourself and. Uh, one ambulance and we gave already five uh, that's still a drop uh, but uh, one ambulance uh, it's uh, the cost is around uh, uh, $100,000 and it, that's incredible money which will rise in different locations around the world because you can send a food or uh, other stuff but uh, uh, really the most efficient is to send uh, the money and buy a locally Okay, speaker. we're going to get to this in two seconds. This is the, we're about to wrap up, and this is the end part. Exactly what I wanted to ask you. Once again, you're leading the interviewer to the question perfectly. Okay, please just explain the three or four areas that you're focusing on. 
uh, what your the future is that you're that you're doing in the education, in the medical, in the in the food relief. Just you know, outline that briefly. The three or four areas you're focusing on, and then we'll explain to anybody who's listening and cares to how they can help you. All right, uh, because we have a warehouse here, like our hub and headquarter, we're helping to all those organizations which has no way to get to Ukraine. They can bring the products to us and we can deliver them to Ukraine to different organizations uh, which are on the other side because not everyone is able to travel to the war zone, across uh, the border, insurance, other things like, like this, or they are just worried to go there. Uh, and we are working more like a post company, uh, uh, sending the stuff and helping the organization. So we're taking a cost of travel. We have a few cars which are going up and down all every day. Uh, we have as well uh, great cooperation, for example, with Pashushka Foundation, helping to Ukrainian heritage uh, because they ri raise uh, some money from the Smithsonian Institute to uh, buy the um, things which you can uh, use to secure the uh, artifacts, uh, some air conditioners, uh, some special boxes, some special uh, uh, printers, because many uh, museums was withdrawn or, uh, from the front line and uh, many of the very important uh, art galleries took their uh, paintings or uh, sculptures to Lviv, to other places, and they're hidden in the basements. Uh, uh, and this war is about the language, it's about the culture. So Russians are trying to dis, uh, yes. uh, damage everything what is Ukrainian. Yes. And so we're trying to help Ukrainians to secure that. So we're helping to museums, uh, to art galleries, to secure uh, all, all of it. That's uh, one of the things. But because we are not the warehouse people, uh, our hearts are close to the culture. So we are doing a many cultural events uh, uh, showing to Polish uh, Ukrainian culture or to uh, all Europe. Uh, we are organizing uh, concerts, exhibitions, uh, uh, because Ukraine is suffering much uh, during the war because uh, artists especially, they can't perform in the stadiums in Ukraine, uh, in the there is some music happening right. now in Lviv, other places, but uh, uh, they can't work on the full scale as before they were. And so when they're coming in here, they can raise the money as well during the concerts to help the country to fight. Uh, so they're supporting some non-government organizations or sometimes the uh, army units and uh, buying for them equipment, jeeps, so on. So we're helping to organize the culture events. Uh, uh, but very, very important is the educational role of uh, Folkovisko. So we start the cooperation with the Natan World uh, Wide Disaster Relief from Israel. And uh, they have the psychologists uh, which are coming to us, to Poland, to small village Goraiets. In every two weeks, we have uh, here a training for around 30 to 50 psychologists and social workers from Ukraine. We're, we're training those which are working with the IDPs, with the refugees. There are millions of inner refugees in Ukraine, the yes. people which left their homes in- Internal refugees. Yeah, and they stayed near the Polish-Ukrainian border. They didn't decide to cross the border. Right. There was worry. Those which came to Europe, there was more open. Maybe they got some friends, yes. families. Uh, 
they speak some language. Uh, those which stayed, they were yeah. afraid to leave the home. So they prefer to stay in Ukraine instead of going here. So we're trying to uh, uh, train the trainers and support those which are giving a help. When we're going to train 30 uh, social workers or psychologists, we are not helping to only 30 people. We're helping to around 1,000 people yeah, which they have under protection on daily life. We're trying to recharge their batteries. And why we're using Israelis uh, to do it? They're in the war zone for the last 80 years. They know how to deal with trauma, how to deal with missiles. You heard a few days ago there was attack on Israel. That's a daily routine for them. Unfortunately, it's a daily routine for Ukrainians. They have to learn how to deal with it, how to live a normal lives in uh, Ukraine. Same like in Israel. Uh, when you're traveling to Israel, you're not thinking that you're going to the war zone, uh, but it's very similar situation to, to Ukraine or, for example, Lviv. I traveled Israel a lot. It depends on where you go in Israel, but sometimes you do think you're in a war zone. Same in Ukraine. Yeah, same in Ukraine. I know. And then you go to Lviv, like we just spent a couple of days there, and you think that you're in Paris with nothing's wrong and everybody's, you know, just living their life. It's It's shocking. How, how, how a few hundred miles or kilometers can make a difference in Israel and in Ukraine. But I can compare only that. You love the Second World War. And I can compare that only to the, for example, Blitz and London. You did, yes. Uh, or, the or, or, theaters are open. Or Vichy France. I mean, yeah, 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 Vichy France. I, I mean, absolutely. You, or or Beirut. I mean, you, middle finger absolutely. to the enemy. Yeah. Look, you can't scare us. Uh, we, we're going to live our normal lives. Absolutely. Uh, that, that is absolutely accurate. And there's a little bit of New York in there, too. I was in New York for 9-11, and we just tried to have a normal life the day after. You know, we did what we could do to go out and, you know, not be, not, not live in our apartments in fear. So, yes, we all try to do that. How can how can anybody help you? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, this war uh, might last for another years. Uh, okay. uh, some are saying that it might be another four years yes. of struggle. After it, uh, there's gonna be a reconstruction of Ukraine. Right. So uh, it's important to keep going and keep the story. Your job now, somewhere in the U.S. or abroad, uh, any place in the world. To tell the story that the war is not over and uh, those people they still need the help uh, oh God, yeah. and they are fighting for us uh, and uh, uh, they need the support and for them hope is so important and that that we are uh, polish u.s people uh, uh, americans uh, british they remember about about them even saying a good word is so important you saw the reactions of people in uh, what you're doing here. Yeah. You're with us. <laughs> uh, and you can bring only a small thing or just to be with them. Be with them is uh, crucial. But as well, the help. Uh, governments are helping to governments. So they're helping to the army. I won't be able to buy a tank uh, or uh, missile. 16 yeah. yeah, but I can feed the people. We can... Uh, uh, build the school or something like this. So how can we? Where where do we where do we help? Where? Uh, 
yeah, if you are in the States, you can donate directly to uh, Kosciuszko Foundation because they're, they're supporting us and they're uh, U.S. Or, uh, organization. And mark the donation for the folks who yeah. the foundation. Folkowisko will be the best. So okay. they will knew that, oh, come on, we have to spend it for Ukraine for, okay. for, for Folkowisko. Or you can find our website, folkowisko.org. And uh, you can find the, uh, our account. It's in U.S. dollars. And uh, you can transfer money directly uh, to uh, Folkowisko. Uh, and you can find us on the social medias, in the uh, Instagram, in the Facebook, YouTube, and see what the Folkowisko is doing on daily uh, basis because we are trying to show uh, how you are helping. Because when you are helping us with money, uh, you can uh, see how we are spending. And we are searching as well for volunteers like you and uh, your wife. When you ask us, should we uh, send the money uh, instead of uh, buying a ticket and flying over uh, or should we came? Well, we'll what, do both. What was my, what, all right, but what You're was at, my come, first answer? Come, come, You said to come. You'd rather have, you'd rather have us come and help than, uh, than the airfare money, yes. Yeah, that was your answer. And come so and help us. That's very, very important because as well, our team feels uh, uh, spirit, support, because there is from 2000 people which were on the beginning. There is now uh, 12 of us really uh, on the sure. daily base. Uh, we have people which are helping coming from time to time. But uh, I, I can also only assure listeners that we went to Lviv. Um, I had never been there before. I had never been to Ukraine. My wife and I had never set foot on in Poland before. Um, we we found we found it to be an incredibly uh, vital, alive, fascinating city. Uh, and there was never a question of our own personal safety. Uh, you have to understand the war is not being conducted right now in Lviv. Uh, you can get hit in New York by a bicycle messenger and knocked over just as easily as you probably could in Lviv right now. So if anybody's thinking uh, well, that we're taking risks or dodging bullets or missiles, that's not the case. We were actually in a very safe place in a very safe city, and we felt very secure there. Um, there are lots of people there, mostly from Europe, not Americans. But if anybody wants to really have an experience, volunteer here um, and come and you will have an experience of a lifetime. Yeah, we have volunteers from all around the world. When you're leaving, we have another people which are coming from Spain. Uh, just a few days before you, a team of five from uh, Germany, uh, Israel uh, left because they're working on the short uh, time. Everyone can take a week or two yes. of holidays yes. and came yes. help support. Uh, we have different uh, tasks. Uh, we have different things to uh, to do. In the summer, we are planning a summer camps for the kids. So we're going to work with the uh, American Federation of Teachers and they're going to send a team as a last year to do the uh, camps here for us uh, in Cheshanov, small town for 60 kids from Ukraine, 60 kids from Poland, and all going to be in the English uh, language. Uh, because that's going to connect our, our nations as well. Build Fantastic. the bridges. That's our Fantastic. task. Okay, Marcin, thank you very, very much. It's been been a pleasure to be here with you. Um, I've learned a lot. I've come to admire your organization. Uh, my wife and I are in a real state of shock uh, at how amazing your organization is, how lovely your people are, how helpful, uh, how gracious, and the job that you're doing. We are not easily impressed, but we are truly deeply impressed at, at, at everything you've done here. Um, and we hope that other people will come and join you either spiritually, financially, or in person. 
Listeners, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Listeners, thanks again for tuning in to Out of the Box with Jonathan Russo. Your input is valuable to us, and we'd really like to hear from you. Please send us an email anytime with feedback at ootbwithjrusso at gmail.com and follow us on our Twitter page, ootbwithjrusso. Listeners, believe it or not, we're on Instagram. Please follow us at ootbwithjrusso on Instagram. This has been a copyrighted production of Grapevine Incorporated. All rights reserved.